Hello and welcome to Marysville Church of Christ podcast. This is Falling in Love. I'm your host, Bishop Darby. Thank you for joining us today. Last week we introduced, or continued, I guess, our introduction of the idea of imagination and the role that it plays in spiritual development. Far too often this powerful tool goes completely untalked about in the modern church. For reasons I'm not exactly sure. Maybe it's just the development of 21st century, you know, scientific empiricalism. Maybe it's just our own general dissuasion that anything imaginative matters. But I hope the last two weeks showed you that without imagination, your faith, though very ontologically strong, could be very practically dead. We have to have this imaginative relationship with God. Because as we've talked about over the last two weeks, our imagination is a constant battleground. Every day, God and Satan are fighting over our thoughts. The more we give power to the Holy Spirit in our imagination, the more successful we're going to be as Christians. The more power we give to Satan, well, I guess I'll let you figure that one out. Fear versus peace. Control versus chaos. These are the battles lobbied, won, and lost in your imagination. Tangible relationship with Christ versus simply a knowledge of Christ. How we choose to employ our imagination matters. And this week we're going to change gears, but I want us to keep that locked in our brains. That your imagination matters in your faith walk. What you picture, how you picture, your relationship with God matters. Today I would like us to begin with a passage of scripture. Ephesians chapter 2. It says this, But when it comes to mercy, God is rich. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. He had such great love for us that he took us at the very point where we were dead through our offenses and made us alive together with the king. Yes, you are saved by sheer grace. He raised us up with him and made us sit with him in the heavenly places in King Jesus. This was so that in the ages to come he could show us just how unbelievably rich his grace is, the kindness he has shown to us in King Jesus. How has all this come about? You have been saved by grace through faith. And this doesn't happen on your own initiative. It's God's gift. It isn't on the basis of works so that no one can boast. This is an explanation. God has made us what we are. God has created us in King Jesus for the good works that he prepared ahead of time as the road we must travel. Now, many of us who grew up in even a remotely evangelical background, in any kind of conservative environment, have come to these verses frequently and engaged in a series of debates about faith. Faith versus works. There are many brands and sects of Christianity, of which I consider them brothers, who believe that any action you do for salvation is intrinsically a work and therefore unimportant. And there are many other brands that simply say things like, works don't matter, it's just what you believe, it's your faith that saves you. And though I believe both of these have merits, I think both of these fall very short of a very important idea. 
Christianity was never designed to be an ontological religion. What I mean by that is, is Christianity is not simply the ascent of thoughts. I don't just believe that Jesus is the Son of God and therefore become a Christian, as many argue. My belief in Christ is not what saves me. On the other side of that, I want to be very quick to say there is no action or work that saves you. In the brand of Christianity that I have ascribed to most of my life, the Churches of Christ, there are many people who believe that baptism in and of itself is the saving act. And in that logic, I, I find fault. Because there is no act that saves us. Baptism is, in many ways, an underwater marriage between us and God in which we cement our relationship. But the act of baptism doesn't save. No singular act saves. No belief saves. No thought saves. No, what saves is a saving relationship with your Savior, Jesus. Let me use an analogy. Throughout the New Testament, God often refers to our, the church, relationship with Jesus as a marriage. We are the bride. He is the bridegroom. When I married my beautiful wife, Madison, <clears throat> of which we've been happily married now for several years, I didn't become married the moment I realized she loved me. I didn't become married when I came to certain ontological conclusions about her, right? I didn't become married just because I realized she was wonderful, or that she existed, or that she liked me. No, marriage came about when I committed myself to her. Marriage came about when I took those things I knew and I lived them. In this way, marriage, I think, is a good analogy for our salvation and our relationship with God. It's not about what we believe, nor is it only about what we do. Because both of those fall short. Both of those are legalistic in their own way. For the same reason that I'm not married simply because I know truths about Madison, nor am I married because of the actions I do. I'm married because of a lifestyle. I'm married because of a commitment. I'm married because of a heart. So too, you and I are Christians not because of the beliefs we have about Christ, nor about the things we've done in Christ, but just our relationship with Christ. The defining characteristic of us should be our relationship with Christ. I'd like us to take a moment this morning and consider that. We are saved by our commitment to Christ. We are saved by our relationship with Christ. Because there is nothing that Jesus wanted more than a relationship with you. Have you ever stopped and considered that? When he was dying on the cross, it was your face that was on his mind. When he rose again, it was your face that was on his heart. When he ascended into heaven, he went there with the joyous and hopeful expectation that you would join him. And he spends his entire, your entire life pursuing you. Like a lover trying to court their future spouse. You and I are sitting here today as narrators in our own love story, as the authors of a beautiful romance novel. We are sitting here today trying to transcribe the insurpassable, insurmountable, and infallible love of a God who refuses to stop his pursuit of us. And you and I have a chance now with the pen in our hand to write that story.
how we choose to write it is going to shape so much of our life. Do we choose to believe that all that matters is what we think? Our beliefs? Are we so arrogant to believe that it's just our actions? No. And no. We understand that what saves us is our heart and our, our standing with Christ. I, don't, I have often been a long proponent against the term religion. And no, it's not because I'm a millennial, nor is it because I grew up in this deconstructive generation. The reason I've always had a problem with the word religion is because of the connotation it brings. The old law was a religion. 526 laws that Jews had to follow with regularity and, and perfection in order to achieve and establish salvation. But that's not what Jesus created. What Jesus created was a wedding altar in which he invites us to come and stand beside him, pronounce our love for him, and live our lives in vows to him. What he created was an opportunity, not just for obedience, but for love. And how sad it is that often we take this beautiful proposal of marriage and make it out to be nothing more than a series of beliefs or a series of actions. There's got to be something more, right? Yes, I believe there is. This week, as we take time in our nation, America, for our one Scandinavian listener, <laughs> I'd like us to take a moment and consider the fact that you and I are here today because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. How is your relationship with Jesus Christ? Have you boiled down your relationship with God this marriage proposal to simply an ascent of certain beliefs? Or have you made it a checklist of certain actions you've done? Because if so, I'm not here to say that you're not saved, nor am I here to say that you're not a Christian. What I'm here to say is that you're living a very, very mediocre gospel. Not the beautiful one that he came to die for. Not the one that he instituted by his empty tomb. But something lesser. What if I told you that what matters in your salvation is not what you've done or what you think as much as who you love? What if I told you that this relationship that we're pursuing in this pursuit of this Falling in Love podcast was actually the most defining and important characteristic of who you are and what your future can be? What if I told you that what matters most of all is your heart? Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about two consecutive podcasts of ways to get our heart right. I hope you come back, and I hope you join us in this pursuit of loving God. Not just beliefs, not just actions, but loving the Savior behind it all. To be honest, I've met Jesus, and my life will never be the same. And I know all of you who have met him would say the same thing. Let's just learn to give in to that love, to give in to this proposal of love, to find ourselves embraced in the matrix of love, and just follow that. Just follow him. Because, guys, he's all that matters.